Thank you for listening to Mailbox Money, your guided tour through safe, sacred, and speculative investing with a plan and a purpose to do more good with newfound peace of mind. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mailbox Money. I am Jackson Wood, joined, as always, by my partner and my friend, Ryan Kruger. We have a very special, thought-provoking, intriguing uh, episode for you today. Just just before we hit record, Ryan and I spent a bunch of time talking, and it warranted a couple phone calls back and forth of how excited we are about this topic and uh, a couple things that we want to share with with everybody today. But in, in the... In the spirit of mailbox money, we always talk about and always preach, show us where your money is. Uh, if, you're, if you're talking to an advisor, if you're hiring someone to manage your money or working with someone, show me where your portfolio is, portfolio is and what you're doing with your money. And that's kind of a, 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 the theme of the episode today. And we're going to tie it into some of these really exciting strategies and opportunities that we found, but also had to give a shout out. Recently, a, wealthmanagement.com, a, a, came out with a list of the 15 most influential and best personal finance and investing books uh, that that have been created. In this book, How I Invest My Money, where Ryan has a cameo, I flipped right to his page, made the list. Um, so for those of you that are interested, if we're going we're gonna to do a giveaway, give away a copy of the book, which trust me, you want to get your hands on this. This is my copy here. Uh, to anybody that leaves a review on the show, we're going to send you a copy of the book. It helps the show. You'll learn a lot by reading the book. And it gives a direct, transparent view into how Ryan and I, especially Ryan, because he wrote the chapter, manage money and manage our own portfolios. So share, leave a review, whoa, 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 send whoa, it to whoa, us. Whoa, whoa, we'll hold on. Hold on. Hold on, McKay. <laughs> Rewind. You might have to edit that out. You, th- we're actually, this is going to be an episode on giving an intended consequence while the rest yeah. of the world is wanting to fight about unintended consequences. But I think you actually just got a little too, uh, too, too generous when you said anybody that leaves a comment. I mean, that could be, this could be a runaway. A it might need to be the top, top 15 and that I have complete discretion to pick the top 15 and who am I to argue, but we're about to be in BCS ranking season for college football. <laughs> I had it in the top 10 of all time. I'm not going to argue with this source top 15 who am I to quibble. Um, but one of our friends in there, as a matter of fact, was swapping data with this week. Um, and we have a lot of our favorite friends from the industry each wrote a chapter. It's a choose your own adventure book, which is phenomenal. It's every different size of success and way, ways people define success and how they use their money, not the amount of money. And it all centered around the question that my good friend, Brian Portnoy, had the great idea to ask, how do you invest your own money for an advisor? Don't tell me all the different ways that we should be investing. Show me in your deepest, darkest secrets, how you invest your own money, all of it. I think that's a great question. Um, so one of them, one, one of our friends in there had some great Morningstar data that I still use a pretty good piece of evidence whenever you're talking to anybody that needs to earn your trust. And it proved everybody's talking about how to find a fund that outperforms. We're going to talk today about a stock that is wildly outperformed and what people were and were not thinking and the unintended consequences when a butterfly flaps its wings and, oh my gosh, the ripple effects of good and bad. Um, 
and this whole topic around giving. I mean, I, I, I had a meeting this week where I ended it with a hardest bear hug and tear about giving to the same topic. Somehow people want to protest and have fistfights about. <laughs> so, I mean, we're, we're going to sink our teeth into this today. But the Morningstar data was very clear, and it's the best evidence I've ever seen, really the only data set that shows the best of all factors when you try to find outperformance in a mutual fund, and they have the longest history of mutual funds, if that's something of interest to you, is skin in the game. And their data shows how few portfolio managers of mutual funds over time had any of their own money in their own fund, which is astonishing. Um, I just don't want to, to be sitting down and pouring a ton of money with a chef who is running quickly out the side door to eat somewhere else. Um, and they showed over time, the best predictor of future success is those with the most of their own skin in the game, which I found fascinating. I'm gonna start off today with a leading candidate for our chart of the year that will definitely make our finalists of our annual chart book where we just simply with zero rhyme or reason or organization or agenda, just any image and chart that catches our eye and blows our mind over the course of the year from little bitty data points that we may think are overlooked to hair blown back on your head, just really in awe, jaw dropper. And this was one um, for me anyhow. And I think if you think about what's happened here, a lot of folks have heard of these, what will in all likelihood be the biggest, most successful financially wonder drugs of all time, showing early evidence of weight loss, um, notably from Eli Lilly and Novo and Nordisk, which we show a chart on YouTube. If you are watching this, if not, I encourage you to. Um, we also shared it on Twitter um, under my handle if you're not watching this, and it shows just a few weeks ago and how quickly <laughs> these butterfly wing flaps can have ripple effects. And this is astonishing. So those two companies combined market caps. So the size of the entire business, if you multiply the stock price by the shares outstanding, you could have bought the entire companies for $780 billion combined. That happened to be, and this is at the very end of July, the exact same amount if you owned the entirety of Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Anheuser-Busch, Hershey, Kraft Heinz, and General Mills. All of those companies combined to also be worth $780 billion. And a couple of months later, Lilly and Nova are worth more than $1 trillion. And those formerly unquestioned consumer staples, snack and beverage food companies, packaged goods, are worth $670 billion. So they've shed and lost $110 billion. So that same exact starting point, which the stock market asks us all as investors every day, what do you think we're worth? And it is an auction, and I don't think we talk about that enough. And these bids and asks and opinions influence and quite dramatically. The data, the science, which they've been working on for decades, and these consumer package companies have been around for centuries, they didn't change that much 
in the last two months. But in two months, what started out at the exact same value is now a $370 billion difference from that butterfly flapping its skinnier. The, uh, the magnitude of this change, I, I'm, I'm happy that you said this is uh, in the running for chart of the year. This is just, uh, this is shocking to me. And what I've seen, um, I've seen a lot of people, I've heard earnings calls, um, you know, a big retailer or grocer actually mentioned one of these drugs in their earnings calls and said that they're seeing impact of people buying food from their store um, because, you know, Americans are starting to take these, these, uh, these medications and it's helping them lose weight. This is just completely shocking to me. And uh, this is the benefit me, of capitalism. Let me tell you the most, the most shocking part about that giant spread. So $370 billion, the market has decided is now this difference. Guess how many people have actually taken the wonder drug? Yeah. Now, I'm, a da I'm a data evidence guy. I I'm not a predictor. So I go look in the data. So monthly injections, one of the downsides over the current and it's going to be a relative downside because there's going to be competitors now. And there's already one waiting in the wings that we personally have quite a bit of interest in along with the first two. So it's weekly injections and the monthly data can show you how many Americans have actually done this to cause this $370 billion in two months different already with the ripple effects already being projected as far as the eye can see. Less than 1% of Americans have so far taken the drug. <laughs> So I think boring. some of the, un, the unintended consequences, and then we're going to talk about the quietest guy at this table who I want to give a gigantic shout out to and talk about his story and his tradition and his family and his business and where capitalism collides with more good than any protest, regulation, tax, or law ever will. And I am very passionate about that. So you're going to hear that from me today. Um, and outside of his hometown, I don't even know how many people have realized how much good this family has done. We're going to talk about one of those unintended consequences of this runaway upside. But just from a stock market standpoint, let's let's chop up that part first for those greedy capitalists out there like you would. Um, and I'm one of them, too. <laughs> like what, what this actually means, the unintended consequences for him. When we talk about a snack or a chocolate company, the chart looks like it's going out of business. Is that being is that overdoing it a little bit? That's a real debate because some of these consumer staples, some of them that pay wonderful dividends, this may be an unbelievable opportunity. Most of those in that chart, I'm not going to name names, but our selection criteria, we're not invested in the majority of those currently. They were assumed untouchable. You've listened on this show many times where I've said, all moats are not safe. And we got to look at the direction of the moats. Is it accelerating or is it decelerating? And this notion of moats and bluest of blue chips and unquestioned company, I think is lazy. And I think the math proves it. There were some of those companies that were wildly overvalued, which yes, can happen on beautifully boring consumer staples because the notion that nothing can go wrong or change tends to have too much agreement. And when a crowd agrees and sees the same thing, it translates into overpriced stocks. 
some of their top lines and free cash flow weren't even growing. Some of their dividends weren't accelerating the growth. So this is what happens when, if you're not careful, you think you're owning a safe fund or company or investment. And all of a sudden, one little skinny butterfly flaps its wings and, oh, my gosh, I mean, just an absolute unreal. I mean, the, the decline in some of these consumer staple stocks, we've never seen it in their histories. Um, and some of the upside where some of those drug companies were viewed as too expensive, the same mistakes can be made. They can get a whole heck of a lot more expensive <laughs> because the growth that is now the potential that could be factored in. That's what is priced around the corner. But that selection process and looking at some of the wild differences that can happen in the blink of an eye, I, I submit that particular chart as one of thousands of evidence in my career that I don't think active management as a portfolio manager or an individual investor, I don't think it's a choice. I mean, look at how much can change so fast. I think you have to believe in cell disciplines. I've shared with you my diet, my weight loss drug. Um, cell disciplines work in real life too. If you need a new pair of jeans, which I just ordered one recently, the same size. If you need a new pair of jeans with a new size, stop eating dessert, which is what I did. Cell disciplines work. And before you wake up and see a stock down 30, 40, 50%, so do buy stops. And so, do, so does curiosity and tripping down rabbit holes when some of those numbers and companies that have been around since the 1800s, in Eli Lilly's case, they were working on this, this research and the investment they made and the stakes they took. This was happening decade ago, not last month. And that selection and the change that happens under the hood of the stock market. I mean, you look at that chart and I just said, what do you, anybody that says, what do you think of the stock market? I don't even think that's the right question. I don't how, I don't know how to answer that question. The answers are so wildly different every single day. There's, there's two thoughts that pop into my head on this. The first one is a portfolio manager, just kind of a, a comment here. This is why we wouldn't automatically go out and buy some strategy that follows like the aristocrats, uh, you know, or dividend kings or, or any of that strategy. You have to look individually at each company to understand what's happening because you can get into these, into these traps. And then the second thought, which is completely you know, out of left field here. But as a dad, I wonder if the one of the long-term consequences here, is it is this going to change trick-or-treating? Like, are we going to come home with a, instead of a, you know, pillow sack full of potential diabetes and sugar rush, are we going to get offered, you know, uh, like carrot sticks and chicken wings at the doors? Like, I, I think I'm a, a fan of that potential change and influence that this could have as maybe we all become healthier and uh, has a long-term impacts thanks to these, uh, Thanks to these pharmaceuticals. I just dread the the night of Halloween because it's a pure sugar rush for a few hours and then the crash ultimately after that. <laughs> I, I will hazard a guess that as popular as all these quick fixes seem, and I guess some people probably have, have a bowl of intermittent fasting uh, techniques and, and tips on, on their doorstep for Halloween candy. Um, I, I'm short all of those ideas. I don't mind. Um, in moderation, all of these treats. I do think um, that you, you stay on the outside aisles at the grocery store as the consumer, you're in much yeah. better shape. But as an investor, <laughs> I think the middle aisles are going to be just fine. Um, but oh. the long-term consequences, some of which are dramatic from weight loss and other potential benefits. I mean, I'm even seeing data, Jackson, on the more fuel-efficient 
jet pathways for airlines profitability because not as many extra wide passengers are going to be on them. And that is not a joke. I mean, it's real math. Much more interesting to me is this overburdened healthcare system that we all pay yeah, into, right. um, that this is one of the leading causes of all sorts of different problems down the road. It could be truly revolutionary, but I don't think that's a one-way path either. And we manage that risk as fortunate stakeholders. Would it, Again, would it surprise me in a couple of years that there's some unknown side effect to these drugs? That would surprise me less than if Hershey's out of business. So do with that what you please. I think there's a case to be made on both of those lines with careful selection and buy and sell disciplines. What I get excited about was one of the unintended consequences and why we believe in unconstrained upside along with more mailbox money and rising dividends, which we trip down some of those rabbit holes and companies like we just talked about for those reasons. Um, but I want to share a little known fact that in that couple of month period, that runaway success and some of the outrage that causes too, right? It, it, you know, the, the greedy capitalists, the big pharmaceutical companies always gouging us. We're all, always overpaying. We had a managed care company report earnings this past week that we are large stakeholders in. And there's so much that's so wrong about the U.S. healthcare system. But I would rather profit from what will continue relentlessly and then direct some of those profits to helping make changes locally or where I think I can make a bigger impact than arguing or protesting against a managed care system. And by the way, that, that earnings, they were, they were enrolled several thousand more people than expected. So once again, upside surprises to what is a necessary evil in our system. And we all have individual stories of as rotten as we think the healthcare system is. There's no other country in the world we'd rather be when something goes wrong. Yeah. And whether it be immediate and you took your kid to the doctor for an unbelievable outcome yesterday, I have my own recent example where the innovation that is occurring is amazing. It'll bring you to your knees. And I want to back those guys and gals and those scientists. I want that to be a lucrative field to go into because without the ability to make a fortune and capitalism provides that unapologetically why would it attract the best and brightest if they can do more good and help people as the real purpose extra profits along the way why not let it accrue to them and what if there's enough good souls and good intentions and intended consequences built into that hardwiring to have even a more profound effect on those who can't afford all of this stuff and all of the good and can't participate and are in need. I have to share this story. In that runaway upside, guess who the largest stakeholder of Lilly is? I got a quote because I get, you know, I get misty. I want to go back family supper table traditions. Okay. So it was old J.K. Lilly who founded the company in 1876. And his son, Eli, proposed the idea to his father in 1936, why don't we form an organization and be intentional if we want 
our family tradition to be generosity. And that may sound easy in, in just words now, but think about what that must have been like at that table at that time. That's not easy. And they didn't have fortunes like this yet. And we all are at different places where anything might be or feel small, but it's got to start somewhere. And it was if it's intentional, and it's something we have really been excited about recently, making a bigger push on planning pieces at Freedom Day, instead of just kind of sort of waiting and wondering what could happen, but maybe intentionally nudging. And maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's the most comfortable. Whatever it is for a particular family or business, let's just at least talk about where we might make the biggest impact and formally including that in part of the plan. I, I was in one of the most inspiring meetings I've been at in my career this past week where we're going to set up in-house manage. They get complete control of a donor advised fund where they get to spread out exactly as they wish over a number of years. They're giving instead of one gift to one recipient one year with the same tax break up front and more with unconstrained upside of tax-free growth along the way. So let's go back to old Eli. So their entire extended family began gifting shares into this foundation of theirs over the years, and those years and shares have added up. Over the past century, they've now given a total of more than $11 billion, not inflation adjusted, those are real dollars, <laughs> went a lot longer way back when, to over 10,000 different organizations. That's a lot of good. But when I think about that chart and those shares, they own 11%, the foundation, the giving, no matter how small it started out, they now own 11% of that market cap, 11% of the company. It's worth five, the, the company, the shares now are worth $575 billion. Since 2020, that share price has more than quintupled. It was only 2020, a few short years ago, the entire foundation's assets after giving away more than 11 billion was worth 17 billion. Now, because of this innovation, whether you think it's incredible R&D or greedy capitalism, their ability to give having quintupled, I cannot help but have a gigantic smile for those who are not protesting, who are not worried about who's paying more in healthcare insurance, it's a small business owner, but that are gonna be the recipients of this unintended consequence. They probably couldn't even name the drug. Doing more good than any other movement, regulation, law, or tax ever could. That brings a gigantic smile to my face. And I don't know anybody outside, how many people outside of Indiana, their home state, even knows about that story. And I, ha I hate to, I'm a little bit, I'm gonna only be biased about this one. I'm gonna give most of the attention to the American company. But what's even more remarkable, if you go back to that runaway success of the other company, um, it's located in Denmark, the company's worth more than the entire GDP of their home country. Um, <laughs> their foundation to give owns one quarter of the shares. So brother, there is going to be some relentless, unconstrained giving from this profit.
I, it's incredibly powerful. And the fact that you talk about that, that story and what those foundations are going to be able to do at such a large scale, but then tie it back. And that we call this on the show, Jackson's planning corner, but the ability to do in essence, the exact same thing for yourself and your family with these donor advised funds, investing, actively investing in companies that give you unconstrained upside with the same tax benefits as being charitable and giving to these foundations and giving to these, giving to these causes and being able to control that is, is basically you doing the same that, that these big companies have done with their foundations and the ability to own anything. Uh, the best, the best companies in the world and let capitalism do its thing and, and watch that grow and watch the impact of your personal giving grow over time. That is a tremendous tool in financial planning. And one of kind of the sweet spots that one of my favorite things that we do at our jobs, when we're working for the families that we serve, having that built into a plan and tailored to their goals is, is such a powerful concept and a powerful tool and under discussed. And so hopefully we get, well, a, we get to start and, and screaming that. We can all do that at our supper tables like JK and Eli did. And we don't have to be scientists. We don't have to come up with the next wonder drug. We can make a more direct impact. I'm gonna give a shout out by name. Um, another conversation that gave me goosebumps this week, a guy I've known for a long, long time. And one of my favorite examples, you know who I'm talking about, Kirk Craig, who took giving to the most intentional, impactful on the ground level that I've ever seen, um, where he didn't just want to write checks or help one of the roughest neighborhoods in Houston that needed the most help. He moved in and built it from the ground up. Agape Development will be getting some of my donor advised funds and what he does on the ground intentionally. Um, it doesn't have to be about an age, a net worth, a dollar amount at any point, at any level, obviously big dollars help. And I think that's why I say capitalism unapologetically does more good for society than anything else. And that's, by the way, fighting through all of those regulations and taxes and protests along the way. Um, I would, you know, I, I would encourage, um, if there can be any small, tiny legacy of this particular episode, encourage you to have that conversation at your dinner table. What might we be able to do? If I can't move my family into that neighborhood, what, what would be a nudge where I could have a personal impact? I could see it. Um, I think that will, and, and I'll, I'll just admit this too, selfishly, that does more good for my heart to see it happen during your lifetime than trying to withhold capital or constrain from something you don't believe in. And I thought one of the coolest things about the Lilly family was, and I'm gonna see if I can find this quote. Okay, so JK told his son when he realized what Eli wanted to do and what they would end up doing, I couldn't imagine how much good they do. He said, and I quote, when you do something nice for people, do it in a nice way. And as simple and maybe insignificant as that sentence may sound or feel, and maybe it was, he took that, the, the sons took that to mean, and everybody can take it their own way. They took it to mean to, to keep a low profile and, and be super quiet about it. And any attention that was drawn to them, I mean, how many headlines or stories have you read about that 
particular family versus so many others that draw headlines yeah. for other reasons. They, they thought anytime they would get attention, send it to the staff um, or the volunteers that were carrying out those gifts and delivering them. Um, that's why I had to give a little shout out to one of many friends like Kirk. He ain't gonna, he's not going to point to himself. He's not going to tell that story. I, I will, and I'm glad to, and we're going to share. We have an entire wall in our building of, we call it Grindex. You've heard of it. Some of it is how to light money on fire in, in wonderful ways too. I, I, there's no problem with enjoying some of this too, okay? But the giving component of that too is even more inspiring and longer lasting. And we like to share some of those stories and we'll continue to do that. Because if you agree with anything, and I said this in the book, how I invest my money, ultimately to me, success and whether you win this game, we only get one ticket in this game of life. Um, I think it is who has the biggest memory banks and not just yours, but if you made a deposit in anybody else's and the butterfly wing flaps that that could do for their community or their family long after we're here, those memory banks will outlast us. And that is an unbelievable gift and blessing now to enjoy to think about. And I really do believe whether it be your family right there or the giving you can do beyond it. I think whoever has the biggest memory banks wins. I could not agree more. I love that. If anybody out there would like to schedule a meeting with, with Ryan and I and our team, you can email us team at freedomdaysolutions.com. Look forward to giving out a copy of this book. So rate the, rate the show and leave a review. And with that, we will see everybody next week. This show is brought to you by Freedom Day Solutions, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm advising individuals and families nationwide. Performance is not guaranteed and past results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. To learn more, visit freedomdaysolutions.com. This show contains general information that is not suitable for everyone and was shared for informational purposes only. Any forward-looking statement or opinion expressed is subject to change without notice. Nothing contained herein constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice, nor is it to be relied on in making investment or other decisions. Clients of Freedom Day Solutions may hold positions in the securities discussed. Thank you.